Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome back to New Books in Art. I'm your host, Kaveh Rafi. Today, I'm delighted to be in conversation with Dr. Hamid Kashmir Shekhan to discuss his recent book titled The Art of Iran in the 20th and 21st Century, Tracing the Modern and Contemporary, which came out in May 2023 by Edinburgh University Press. Dr. Kashmir Shekhan is an art historian, critic, and senior teaching fellow at the Department of History of Art and Archaeology, School of Arts, SOAS, London. He was previously a senior lecturer at the Advanced Research Institute of Art, Iranian Academy for Art, 2013-2017, an associate flow at uh, KRC, Faculty of Oriental Studies and History of Art Department and Oxford University 2004 to 2012. His interests are 20th and 21st century art from the Middle East with particular attention to the recent development in art practice and its relation to the context. Dr. Kashmir Shekhan is the author of numerous books and essays in English as well as Farsi and modern and contemporary art from Iran and the Middle East. Uh, selected works, uh, Rethinking the uh, Contemporary Art of Iran, uh, uh, to be published in October 2023, uh, Kurosh uh, Shisha The Art of Altruism, 2016, Contemporary Art from the Middle East, uh, Regional Interaction, the Global Art Discourses, 2015, Contemporary Iranian Art, New Perspective, 2013, among many other publications. Hello, Hamid, and welcome to the show. Hello, and uh, thank you very much for having me, and of course for the very generous introduction. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm very happy and excited um, to be in conversation with you today. Uh, let me start off by asking you about yourself and what inspired you to write this book. Yeah, to be honest with you, it's a very long story, but if I want to make it very short. Uh, uh, well, uh, I, I started doing both my uh, BA and MA in fine art as an art practitioner. Uh, so I had the chance uh, when I was a student uh, in Tehran University, Faculty of Fine Art, Tehran University, in the mid 80s, uh, to get to know uh, several, um, you know, well-known Iranian artists as a professor within the Faculty of Fine Arts. Among others, uh, Ruin Pakbaz, uh, who was and still is a living encyclopedia of modern Iranian art, had a particular effect on um, my uh, maybe character in general and particularly my interest in this field. So uh, the, the initial uh, interest in uh, modern Iranian art started uh, from there. And then uh, Papaz uh, was encouraging students in that milieu that you know, there was no trace of any kind of uh, information about what happened uh, before the revolution. It was the wartime and a very hard situation in the universities. Papaz, unfortunately, was sacked uh, shortly after I entered the university, but, you know, I had uh, 
the chance to be in contact with him through his other classes outside university for years. And uh, it uh, posed, actually encouraged me to, to do my later uh, thesis, my MA dissertation on contemporary art of Iran. I, exactly the, the topic was not that was uh, the, the, the audience's position in contemporary art of Iran. And uh, so with his help, of course, in um, 1970, sorry, 1994. And I think that uh, it was through that research that uh, I had um, several interviews uh, and uh, you know, gathering information from artists of the time. Many of them, unfortunately, have uh, left this world right now. But that was a great opportunity to, to collect data that, are, you know, are still usable right now. And so it continued since then. I was uh, involved in teaching for a few years before I came to London to pursue my further education first again with and then another MA uh, in Royal College of Art in Fine Art, and then of course shifted to theory and history of art, uh, doing my PhD at SOAS on uh, the very same topic, uh, contemporary art of Iran, but of course not exactly like that, new traditionalism in modern Iranian art was my main topic. Uh, so, and then uh, I continued uh, in my study at Oxford University after PhD, and uh, uh, yeah, I, well, I convened a conference on uh, modernity and Iranian art. This was the topic of the conference in 2004. I think that was perhaps one of the earliest uh, academic uh, gatherings in uh, on this topic in the West, Western academia. And the book came out of the conference was again, one of the initial sources of uh, this topic. Uh, throughout the years after I've been involved in this topic through publications and also conferences, uh, among others, I should uh, mention uh, the period uh, when I was uh, acting as editor-in-chief of uh, a quarterly is called Art Tomorrow. I was the um, kind of bilingual quarterly version in English uh, that uh, tried to, to become or act as a platform for exposure and analysis and discussion on contemporary art of not only Iran, but the Middle East. So through that experience, I got to know um, a lot of more writers, curators, artists. And so that was a great opportunity. And also it ended up with my other uh, program uh, or a conference that I organized in the end at uh, SOAS, University of London in 2013 on the topic of uh, contemporary art of the Middle East and regional interaction with the global art discourse is something that uh, I still, I'm still involved in that very topic. So uh, since then, uh, I tried to broaden my uh, field uh, 
to a wider Middle Eastern and then more recently North African studies. So uh, during past recent years, uh, my research has been centrally placed within the current theoretical debates concerning global and regional or local dialogues within contemporary art structure. And uh, I came to understand uh, analysis of uh, non-Western and contemporary, uh, modern and contemporary art and that are based purely on Euro-American uh, interpretive models often fail to reflect uh, the discursive context of artistic production or the cultural uh, implications or their incorporation to local historical narratives. And this book that you're talking about right now uh, came from this very problem mainly. Having worked on the subject of modern and contemporary art of Iran and the Middle East over uh, the past decades, I, I have come to understand that the Euro-American paradigms cannot be uncritically applied to the study of art of Iran and the uh, Middle East on the assumption that these discourses enjoy universal validity. Uh, this book actually is also a complement to my previous monograph uh, published, and as you mentioned, 2013, uh, Contemporary Iranian Art, and continues that scholarly investigation, although in a rather different format. While the former was mainly historical study of art of Iran from the late 19th century to the early 2000s, uh, this book uh, mainly focuses on discourses uh, and their impact on uh, art movements and uh, practices in the 20th and 21st uh, centuries. Uh, this book does not aim to offer a comprehensive survey, but uh, to selectively explore certain uh, prevailing debates in action during this time. Uh, I have heavily uh, drawn on social art historical framework. This is my interest during past decades. Uh, the setting hypothesis that underpinning this book is also that uh, discourses that have contributed to artistic paradigms during this period are rooted in contextual conditions in which these works uh, were created. Uh, so um, I believe that all these artistic trends uh, in Iran can be traced within the intellectual and political uh, landscape of the country, mainly from the 1940s to the present, what is the main focus of this book. Uh, I have tried to articulate new ideas for relating art to the wider context, whether social, cultural, or political, and uh, to bring together critical and historical evidence in in um, order to provide an insight into current artistic concerns. I have attempted to outline and contextualize the implications and meanings of uh, the modern and the contemporary in art of Iran, with particular attention to the movements of the recent decades and how they have situated themselves in this context. So, as we all know, um, there are there are already multiple publications on the diasporic artists and the tendon discourses in which they are associated 
the, that's why this book is largely focused on art discourses and movements, but I mean, practice in Iran itself. So I explore, explore these underlying themes and discourses through a set of uh, case studies, including through grouping of artworks and artists in each um, section or each chapter of this book. Um, my close involvement uh, in the art scene of contemporary Iran over the past few decades has also provided me a great opportunity to hear the voices of insiders, uh, the prevailing concerns within art society and culture in Iran, and how they have been reflected by artists through their artistic strategies. Uh, all this constructed uh, the basis of a set of lenses by which this book is uh, material is explained. And tracing, uh, oh sorry, teaching uh, theory and history of art of Iran and the MENA region, Middle East and North Africa uh, during past uh, decade. Um, provided me to, first of all, broaden my view and scope, uh, not only focused on Iran, but uh, also uh, studying um, parallels in uh, other countries, uh, neighboring countries or regional countries, and uh, finding the existence of parallels in contemporary, but particularly modern practices and discourses uh, in these uh, countries uh, apart from uh, this region. And uh, throughout the chapters, uh, I have tried to expose some of these uh, counterparts. Uh, on occasion, comparative accounts and parallels have been briefly brought into the quotation uh, with reference to regional perspectives and practices. Uh, particularly from the Arab world. And very briefly, just outlining the book, um, it consists of three sections, and uh, each section, a number of chapters. There are uh, nine chapters uh, in total. The first part or first section uh, is on uh, defining the framework and developing conceptual definitions. And the second, section uh, is focused on discourses on modern and contemporary art and the last section uh, is on art practices and socio-political discourses and uh, we can talk about perhaps each individual section or a chapter throughout yeah, the thank questions. you for your extensive introduction hamid uh, i uh, i i really enjoyed and uh, also the scope uh you already uh, touched on some important questions I uh, already have, and uh, you you briefly addressed them. Thank you very much for uh, for for doing that. So, uh, yeah, you already actually mentioned uh, your uh, approach and uh, how the book engaged with with this question in in the discipline uh, about how situating the history of a modern contemporary art, right, from MENA uh, in this broader transnational uh, scope. And this is really a, a huge topic right now. It's discussed, especially, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I see this media scholarship emerge from after two uh, millennia, it's from the 
2000, I see uh, uh, the increasing number of publication. And we are starting to talking about multiple modernisms and uh, uh, also this uh, engagement with the question about Eurocentrism and how to uh, push back against uh, some of these uh, imposed stereotypes. Uh, I think this book uh, also is a genuine uh, uh, engagement with these questions. Uh, I'm curious if you want to tell us more about that. This is also something as a student um, in art history, uh, very much working on um, the region. Uh, I always see these two uh, disciplines, um, uh, one being Islamic art, uh, but people with background of Islamic art and th those people coming from the background of modern and contemporary studies. Also dealing with these questions, but with this different approaches. And this is kind of some, sometimes uh, confusions or sometimes miscommunication between these two uh, uh, larger, uh, perhaps uh, Islamic art is, more, I, love, I would say, uh, in terms of the past and history, uh, it's very much grounded uh, back uh, even like uh, the 19th centuries, or it's very long tradition coming back from Orientalism and so forth. Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious if if you can uh, speak to uh, these problems about the framework that you covered uh, in the chapter one. Um, the, the first, I mean, chapter is on a challenging point of entry about the concepts of modern and contemporary art within the section one, which is defining the framework. Uh, this section articulates the central concept uh, around which this book is centered, as I mentioned, that is the question of terminology and definitions of modern and contemporary art of Iran, which many of your questions are somehow uh, I mean, somehow inside this, uh, this main topic. Uh, I have tried to critically examine artistic encounters with the modern and uh, the contemporary in Iran and define alternative conceptual and temporal perspectives, which in some way counter the Eurocentric uh, historicist, historicist readings of these concepts. The art historical approach, Iranian art, seeks to challenge these monolithic canonical standards. While uh, I have adopted some of the so-called global art historical paradigms, such as critical theory and methodological models, is inevitable. Much of the contents of this book uh, is based on primary sources, including those written in RC version, my own observations and analysis offered in interviews with artists, curators, art critics, and cultural activists. Uh, it, this part, this chapter, raises a question of whether art productions outside your American domain, the so-called global north, can be described within existing parameters of art historical conceptualization and classification. Uh, the major question is, again, the question of technology and temporality. Uh, my aim in this chapter in particular is to reconsider the existing historiographical questions when working on art of Iran in the 20th and 21st centuries, including the potential association and dissociation 
with the classical discipline of Islamic art, as you mentioned, art history, and contemporary so-called global art history. Uh, I will address major historical, uh, conceptual, and theoretical issues, as well as those concerning methodological debates and challenges in this field. Uh, also, I address a key points about the problems of technology, the problematic use of such terms such as modern or contemporary Islamic art and the exceeding application of the terms modern and contemporary without sufficient exploration of uh, the contextual connotations. Uh, I also talk about how these terms should relate to the art historical discourses, especially in relation to conceptual and historical definitions in the context of Iran. I argue that from the from a structural point of view, the historiography of art of Iran in the modern time inevitably involves drawing on interdisciplinary approaches from critical art history and theory, as mentioned, alongside social and political science, addressing ideas, values, and social processes that, that rendered our practices meaningful in their context. Also, in the same chapter, um, I try to take a step forward to, I mean, retracing the historiography of modern and contemporary art of Iran. Uh, the question that I ask is that whether the art history of the modern and contemporary Iran can be defined within the contradiction to the existing parameters and frameworks of Euro-American or Islamic art historical contexts. In fact, the classical Eurocentric model, we know that art history writing largely follow the worldview derived from the idea of linear, a linear history, and uh, do not attempt to establish adopt art historical models in various temporalities and contexts in those books that are now entitled Global Art History. Uh, one of the encounters in the study of art of Iran is the existing historiographical and methodological incompatibility between the Islamic art history of Persia, what is they call it, and the global paradigms of modern and contemporary art history in the historical and uh, temporal context, as you this elimination echoes ideas based on the concept of authenticity uh, that uh, disregard uh, the heterogeneous structure of cultures under the title Islamic lands in the modern period, while uh, generating a conception that represents the modern as a markedly European phenomenon. Another similar approach based on the essentialist account uh, of authenticity has typically been uh, proposed by historians of Western art when dealing with art of the modern and contemporary periods in Iran or I mean, the Islamic world or the MENA region in general. It seems all uh, these mechanisms and I mean, both global art history and Islamic art history have something in common. They create or support the standard narrative that casts the constructed mass here affiliated to the Iranian culture by attributing an ethnic, geographical, cultural, and political reality to it. And what I try to trace in this chapter and throughout the book in general is uh, 
build uh, on uh, the genealogies of modern and contemporary art movements in Iran can be understood within the Iranian cultural history, including corresponding cultural developments in other fields of arts, such as poetry and literature, and of course, other social and political development throughout this year. Yeah, uh, as you mentioned, what, what things like really uh, make this book uh, very much special. Um, that's the way that you deal with these questions. Uh, specifically, my frustration in uh, dealing with uh, you know writing uh, and and the field. These um, these baggages, uh, all like both Islamic art bringing these baggages as this presumption of civilization, right? Islamic civilization, and try to fit in this narrative of Islamic civilization versus. Uh, in modern contemporary, it's our trope uh, at uh, back of this history of nations, the modern states, and in tries. And the book, I think, did a fantastic job uh, in <clears throat> both uh, giving the uh, broader context and unpacking the major issues uh, with um, these uh, assumptions. Uh, and I think the chapter two. Actually, this was also helpful. I find this very helpful. This is one of the few, perhaps, uh, history, uh, history of historiography of uh, modern and contemporary art from Iran available in English. Uh, and I find this very useful. You look in closely from the writings crit uh, from by critics, artists, uh, historians, both in English and Farsi. Uh, from like 1940s to 2010s, uh, which is great. I, I, I really uh, enjoy reading that chapter. I think that's also uh, very much to see uh, from inside, uh, right? Um, looking uh, from inside uh, out. Um, I, I, I want to actually uh, ask uh, perhaps uh, one of uh, the key questions you already mentioned about the authenticity and uh, perhaps in relation to that uh, you you know you're the one of uh, the first uh, perhaps scholars very much uh, criticize and, and engage with the question of neo-traditionalism in pre-revolution Iran and uh, uh, also the, known as Sakahane movement. Um, the book also has this chapter, uh, the uh, brief discussion of that. Al although uh, it's built, you know, uh, against this uh, large background of the scholarship you've done uh, and the field. Uh, I'm curious, what's the Sakahane to listeners, um, uh, and uh, what's what's this new traditionalism is? Uh, what what with its context of uh, this movement? Sure, thank you for your uh, fine words about uh, the chapters and the contents of the book. Again, uh, well, uh, while I was working on my uh, thesis. Uh, I mean, about two decades ago, I came across the, the concept of neo-traditionalism. Uh, that was something that was used in other contexts than Iran. Uh, getting through the concept and uh, trying to digest what it meant and how that con concept uh, or discourse could be applied within uh, Iranian context, uh, I found that fascinating, I mean, that, that concept and how it could be used in this context. I mean, that 
maybe with a little bit differences. So a new traditionalism that uh, I've tried to define is something that is quite related to the concept of, um, uh, well, modernism uh, or alternative modernism that I already discussed in, in the theoretical chapters, particularly in chapter one, and trying to define the concept of alternative modernism and how these uh, modernisms could be uh, created through uh, different contexts. And uh, so, I mean, the main uh, engagements of the artists who were affiliated to, to this discourse is that for them, Europe, American modern art methods were required, but not necessarily adequate in the shaping of uh, their art discourses. This uh, process ultimately involves a recontextualization of the different forms and sources from the Euro-American culture and traditional materials of artists' own culture. Uh, I argue that the main aim of this approach, similarly practiced in many non-Western worlds, and particularly in the MENA region, uh, was to reflect a modified version of modernity carried out with, uh, within other political and cultural domain of Iranian life at the time. It was, in fact, the negotiation between the universal and the particular uh, that resulted in something that is called new traditional art. The art uh, tempted to, I mean, these kinds of art, tempted to re-examine and reinterpret the formal value systems that govern art, mainly the stylistic approaches, stylistic forms typically signified by a set of style markers and techniques, but they were forward-looking. They were not traditionalist. A forward-looking modernist approach in nature, new traditional art was engaged with a reinterpretation of the past values, here largely through formal readings meant to legitimate a claim to authority over the future. And along with the post-colonial Middle East in general, at an intellectual level, the new traditionalists aimed to create a synthesis from modern art that fused past the pictorial heritage with the modern aesthetic language of art, mainly uh, different modern uh, stylistic approaches. I, uh, in this uh, book in particular, I re-examined even my own writings about this topic, Saint-Claude-Bonnet, and uh, the concept of new traditionalism. I talk about how this notion was realized within and in correspondence with Iran's mid-20th century socio-cultural practices, cultural debates over the creation of a balance between the two polarities of modernism and cultural authenticity that had started in earlier decades and reached to a peak in the 1960s and resulted in the creation of the most uh, acclaimed new traditionalist movement, which uh, is called Sakopane tendency, uh, bringing together uh, both historical facts and analytical and critical accounts 
uh, I examine other elements that may have contributed to the creation and promotion of this movement, namely the influence of the official culture already materialized uh, through the Tehran Biennales and Shiraz Arts Festivals, for example, and market interests. So starting from Charles Hussein's and the Rudy's iconic work, who is the Hussein the world is crazy about in 1958, and finalizing the Tehran Museum of Contemporary Art exhibition in 1979, I discuss the aesthetic elements of their works and artists who are most linked to the movement, both for their artistic viewpoints and the visual characteristics. Um, through different modernistic approaches, artists of the Sagafane movement looked to cults, rituals, and products of folk culture for inspiration. Uh, it was meant to create a stylistic approach relevant to the age in which Iranian artists found themselves with a contribution for uh, from the world of scene, something that was quite dominant at that time. And it was a kind of, I can call it self-confidence that they really felt that they could contribute to the world of scene. We can discuss about it maybe later. Yeah, um, so what is, is very much interesting about like Sagahane. So as you mentioned, there are institutions, there are also actors involved in, in these kind of negotiations. And it seems that each has their own interests and this, and there's also the narrative. It's it's not a, as as also you mentioned in the book, it's not a homogenous movement or any any manifesto or anything like that. Uh and for example, uh, you mentioned um Zender Rudi. Zender Rudi, one of the artists perhaps uh, much discussed by uh, the famous you know, critic, uh, uh, an Iranian critic who also uh, came up with the term uh, for, for this uh, tendency, Karim uh, Emami. Uh, and and things like, I think you also mentioned in, the, uh, in your book about like he putting more emphasis on Zender Rudi rather than the other artists involved and how he, I mean, he'll look at that and shape, and that seems that's very much complex. Uh, and I, I really uh, like that the way that you uh, try to explain this com uh, complexity and how that that's uh, shape. One thing about um, perhaps Sakahane is very much interesting for me. It came a decade after the failure of this populist nationalist movement in Iran, right? Like. The coup happened like 1950s, right? This is like the the height of like the Iranian popular uh, nationalist front, perhaps with this other coalition with other uh, you know uh, political uh, actors. Is this moment like the Mossadegh uh, government uh, pushing for uh, nationalization of Iranian oil, and then the coup and this failure and the despair and despair is everything like everywhere in in intellectual writing you see in the artists, and then a decade after you see this rise of uh, and this new traditionalism, it seems that they're also engaging with the questions to some extent related to the idea about like authenticity nations or what's Iranian, but for example, Parvis Tanavoli, one of the 
you know, you know famous artists involved in this movement, perhaps uh, one of the key figures, uh, he called himself Persian art artist uh, very much. So it's interesting, like, um, you also discussed this in relation to the discourse, the nationalism in Iran in the 60s and 70s. How does it kind of relate? And and this is interesting. Like you see this, the political movement, the popular movement, and then a decade after this artistic movement, uh, the connection is really not easy to see, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious what's uh, about this uh, nationalist discourse in relation to the art in pre-revolution yes yeah these are all very interesting and complex as you mentioned so finding clues and how these uh, could be related um, not perhaps directly but indirectly uh, so the sakakhane uh, so first of all i need to say that what i've done in this book in particular is just rereading all the accounts of sakakhane including Karim Emani. And as you mentioned, there are some issues and sometimes even contradictions in definitions of the movement of the artists and um, uh, their stylistic approaches, etc., etc. So I tried somehow to cover uh, all these issues uh, within this uh, chapter, including, as I said, rereading my own earlier writings on this topic and somehow with uh, a kind of critical perspective. Uh, as you mentioned, the uh, Sakakhane in the 1960s with all its varieties, because, uh, you know, I believe uh, it's not homogeneous at all. And of course, most of all, we can't certainly use the term school for it. And I decided in this chapter to use terms such as trends and tendencies, which I think uh, would explain this uh, kind of trend much better than the word school or even movement. So, but I mean, if you consider it as a kind of movement after the initial years uh, of uh, what it was really called Savakone, according to Imami's definition, so with all its varieties, was in fact uh, born within a cultural and political context for which the question of collective national identity and revival of past authentic culture were predominant cons concerns. I mean, that was discussed everywhere. So apart from the official Pahlavi's cultural policy that we know that uh, played a key role in formation of many uh, cultural uh, initiatives and activities of the time, uh, which were anchored in the con concurrent promotion of uh, nationalism and the influence of uh, official culture already materialized, as they said, through the Tehran Biennales. We see that through the Tehran Biennales, from the first one until the last one, the discussion about national school of art and uh, the necessity of having a kind of national school of art which would represent the uh, Iranian uh, modern character, uh, which is both related to the past, but at the same time, it's a kind of uh, modernistic character, was something that uh, was being emphasized in all these official events. We shouldn't forget that most of these artists uh, 
uh, were selected as the winners of all these official uh, kind of uh, exhibitions and festivals afterwards. So um, these are all related to each other, certainly. Um, during, I mean, earlier decades, even 30s and 40s, uh, the art world in Iran, like other cultural fields, such as literature and architecture, was a, in a space of vigorous discussion around issues of national past and future. And the predominant debates during uh, the first uh, half of the 20th century in Iran, I mean, among um, political elites, official culture, and at the same time, intelligentsia. Uh, the cultural productions uh, were in fact made uh, indexed and embodied the key tensions in her national engagements over the decades. Uh, on the social level, this uh, development can be seen in the resurgence of Iranian values and traditions, while on an intellectual level, there was a strong attempt to merge modern values with indigenous ones as part of search for so-called modern identity. In the 60s and 70s, uh, within the political and intellectual domain, a version of Iranian nationalism, which was perhaps different from post-constitution uh, one, which was influenced by an Orientalist trajectory of thought, arguing that the national identity of Iranian directly related to pre-Islamic Persia came to be dominant. Uh, so the shift was a, um, was a more uh, unified and national narrative about uh, the Iranian nation, shared with uh, a substantial majority of Iranians across the political and cultural ideologies sensitivities, uh, including secular, religious, oppositional, and also the ruling elites. Uh, exactly in this, uh, I mean, period, I mean, these two decades, 70s, 60s, and 70s, uh, also this, these decades created a crucial period in the modern art movements in Iran when there was developing tendency to confront conflicts between past and present, and the search for a national artistic identity that coincided with the forces of modernity. That was the main, perhaps, goal of holding events such as Tehran Biennale to just create something like that. A conscious appreciation of national and cultural identity coupled with the celebration of national art was, in fact, the response to the recurrent debate on the validity of national heritage and its representation in Iranian culture and art. So the artists intentionally or reflexively were profoundly influenced by their contemporary intellectuals, cultural and political climate, referring to social aspirations focused on nationalist sentiments. Yeah, thank you. Um... Yeah, this is like I have lots of questions, but maybe uh, for the sake of time, uh, I want to move move on to uh, to exactly the period of like af after the revolution and perhaps the early uh, time uh, immediately after the revolution. Uh, perhaps the revolution happened in nineteen 
79 um and uh, we have also at the same time like um, the revolution is happening there is a you know a huge change right in in terms of the artistic practice uh we see lots of murals uh, and poster art it's like very much like also exciting like you see the role of uh, photography has changed and and uh very exciting but and then immediately after that, in nineteen in nineteen eighties, with the start of Iran Iraq War and establishment of uh, Islamic Republic, uh, there is also seems there is a time of uh, I don't know how term there is a hiatus. There is kind of uh, the the artistic activities uh, perhaps uh, is less. Uh, active because of a whole uh, the context. Maybe we can uh, you can take us to that moment. What's happened? Uh, what changed? Uh, what's this reaction? Also, it seems that there is also the buildup of a reaction as we moving to uh, close to the revolution. A reaction to the Sakhakhane, even by the, uh, some of the artists associated with that movement. Uh, it seems that, uh, and then we have uh, a, perhaps a. Uh, drastic transformation uh, after the revolution uh, in relation to, for example, you mentioned the book as well, the concept of committed to art and so forth. Thank you. Oh, I mean, in the chapter on discourses on post-revolutionary art, I talk about how uh, these transformations happened. The revolution brought to, to a rapid end of, uh, to the Pahlavi's official culture and whatever was concerned to it, including those artists of Tabakhane uh, or whoever was affiliated to it because of their relation to the official culture before the revolution. And they were replaced by revolutionary art advocating new values of the newly established Islamic Republic. Uh, much modern culture and modernity was suddenly viewed as essentially decadent, founded upon existential and materialistic values. The idea of modernism was viewed as a danger to the religious-centric belief structure of the Islamic, so-called Shiite. During the first decade of the post-revolutionary period in particular, it was almost impossible to discuss political, economic, and cultural realms separately from revolutionary effects. There was profound changes in various domains of Iranian life, politics, and culture after the revolution had a marked effect on the formation of post-revolutionary art, challenging issues uh, specifically in the first decade or the first years after the revolution was that the artists were prevented from interacting with the world outside Iran, which had gradually been shaped during the 70s within the, I mean, sorry, with um, official supports of the time and through foreign societies based in Tehran. This situation indeed fostered a hold to the growth of modern art movements in Europe. And instead, the developing revolutionary discourse was concerned with the developing relationship between the masses and the artistic production, and then with the propagandistic extension of revolutionary aspirations uh, as a deliberate and uh, long-lasting effort at creating propaganda in visual forms, governmental agencies, 
organizations and other cultural groups use the visual arts as a means to promote, assimilate, and solidify the objectives of the Islamic Republic. It soon uh, became quite obvious that the artists of the revolution or revolutionary artists were formally supported by the cultural official and their works appeared in public spaces through different formats, such as posters, murals. And in particular, during the 1980s, these artists filled exhibition halls as civic institutions and public spaces. The most important one was perhaps the Museum of Contemporary Art, now being used as a majestic gallery space for public exhibitions. So. Uh, with large propaganda paintings, posters, and uh, murals. So there was no gallery active, private gallery active anymore in this decade. I mean, in the 1980s. There were constantly various links between political propaganda, religious ideology, and visual expression in these works. And you could see large politically charged public murals expressing a deep commitment to the revolutionary values and commemorating the revolutionary struggles and the wars here later during the war were painted on the main walls of the cities to mobilize the viewers during the war. So the core works, uh, core of, I mean, these old works uh, exhibited in the formal exhibitions, the most important ones held on anniversaries of the revolution mounted in various public spaces comprised the works of Mutahed artists, as we mentioned later, uh, together with a range of traditional arts, including calligraphy and miniature paintings, that was then termed Iran Islamic art or Negar Gali uh, as an alternative for miniature painting. So, within this sociocultural context, the newly established Islamic Republic, we see the formation of notion of what is called Mutahed, or namely committed to the revolutionary aspiration. Uh, Mutahed artists or Mutahed art that was sponsored by the Artistic Center of Islamic Propaganda Organizations, Jose Honoris Sarazman Tablavat Islami, that was uh, in charge of all these productions. And as the consequence of the widespread revolutionary and theocratic uh, ideological forces, the first decade after the revolution only saw a monolithic presence of the so-called revolutionary committed Mutahed art in the highly state-controlled art scene, conveying uh, persuasive and propagandistic messages for masses and mobilization uh, by typically borrowing its stylistic language from socialist realist art, just quite um, understandable by the public. Common to all of these mutahed or committed art was their provocative, promotive, idealistic, and persuasive language that presented ideologically refined products of the post-revolutionary regime. Uh, similarly, the term honare mardomi, or domestic, sorry, demotic, or popular art. In revolutionary terminology, referred to a kind of representational artwork through the aesthetic language of realism, symbolism, and occasionally expressions. So the principle of Hunare Mardami 
lay in the belief that art should be at the service of the ideological values of the revolution and a tool for propaganda. Yeah, um, thank you. Um, so perhaps my question is, especially like as we are moving uh, forward, uh, from the mid 1990s, uh, we start seeing right a, a new generation of artists, perhaps more like underground activities, and then we start seeing that more and more the artists are starting to uh, practice. And this is uh, the time we see also the change, right? This is after the war. Um, the war ended in 1988, and then we have the, this. Uh, era called reconstruction um, era. There is change that's mostly liberalization uh, of Iranian economy. Uh, and then we have the reform era. Uh, could you navigate us? This is, uh, I mean, this is a very large, uh, perhaps it's, a, it's own context is very large and broad. Perhaps you can help us to, to uh, understand what's changed uh, after the war and how we start to see more and more the artistic uh, performances, artistic installation. Even installation, you see this very early examples of trying to connect to the, uh, I mean, coming out of this, perhaps the, the closure and finding the connection with what's happening outside of Iran and the artist trying to navigate, right, in this new uh, situation and context, yeah. Yes, I mean, that's, it's a very, very long uh, period, actually. I mean, it didn't, I mean, quite quickly happened. And so after the war, I mean, a few years after the war, uh, was just, I think, maybe the early 90s, 1990s that, I mean, galleries started to open, reopen, and new galleries open. Uh, and of course, again, national biennials started to be held at the Tehran Museum of Contemporary Art. And so it, it was the resurgence of a kind of uh, something that could be called post revolutionary modernism. So it was nothing to do with contemporary yet. So there was, again, those questions that had been raised before the revolution, repetition of the same questions about the, the necessity of revival of the past traditions and heritage and other things through the language of modernism was something that practiced in the early 1990s. So, but gradually through the 1990s and uh, towards the end of the 1990s, uh, we can see uh, I mean, what you call the I mean, underground, but you call it also fragments of other uh, unconventional practices that try to address what was going on in the contemporary world. But I mean, rather than just concentrating on the form and style, or even uh, using traditional materials, conventional materials, or means of media, they started practicing in different ways. For example, in 1992, the first practices of this kind happened by a group of young artists, and then uh, again continued, I mean, that fragmentary through uh, the 1990s, another one in 1998. But I mean, uh, I will discuss about it when in chapter five paradigm of 
paradigms of contemporary art, uh, when I believe contemporary art uh, started at that point, uh, how all these uh, kind of fragmentary activities um, ended up with a kind of official support of what is called the new art, or um, by then they call it conceptual art. So um, I discuss about uh, concepts, mechanisms, strategies, and paradigms of art practices in Iran in that period, and also uh, trying to uh, connect these paradigms to the, a growing contemporary art in Iran, uh, in the uh, late 1990s and particularly uh, throughout the 2000s as a new type of time and space in our uh, critical inquiry. Uh, so it was most probably by the 1990s that Iranian art witnessed a gradual change departing from the frame of uh, the lately developing uh, post-revolutionary artistic modernism, as I mentioned, and incorporating new viewpoints and existing realities. So 1990s saw both uh, modernist practices after one decade of revolutionary and committed art practices and even different kinds of traditional practices like calligraphy and uh, Persian painting or miniature negargari, and then towards contemporary. So it was a kind of fast change throughout one decade. And also incorporating new viewpoints and existing realities of the country. So many of uh, those early examples, even redressing about these issues like environmental issues and uh, problems like that. So the third phase that I believe started uh, by uh, this uh, movement uh, in the post-revolutionary period, uh, between art and cultural practices, begin with this reformism. I mean, something that was in parallel with something that we call it the so-called reform period from the from 1997 to 2005, when the new movements and discourses grew and developed in Iranian art. So the designation conceptual art first meant uh, rejection of traditional artistic mediums in favor of various new media. That's something that they believed was the meaning of contemporary art, although they didn't talk about contemporary art. But, you know, that uh, in, in somehow would imply that conceptual art means contemporary art. And then what they call it new art, Monarijadi. And not only that eagerness to apply unconventional media, but also artists' particular attention to ideas in their art, so kind of idea-based art, uh, which was uh, somehow um, exactly in agreement with the term on al-Jadid, was something that would uh, somehow, uh, you know, introduce the new movement. In opposition to formalism inherited by artistic modernism, which was prevalent in the art scene in Iran uh, in the uh, almost mid 1990s. So, uh, new art, Hunari Jadid, was a tendency as a new type of practice that initially uh, appeared to be an institutionally 
sponsored art in, in the 2000s, mainly by the MOCA, the Museum of Contemporary Art. Uh, so these artists who were practicing were mainly uh, from the third generation after the revolution uh, in this time. And uh, so were, there were a dynamic group of young artists increasingly began to practice with this, uh, with the new means of media. What basically perhaps makes all varieties of contemporary approaches different from uh, concerns of modern art practices uh, was that they interrogate the ontology of the present and the question of what is to be in the circumstances of contemporaneity. So something that I believe we can uh, perhaps use it uh, to, to uh, define what contemporary art in, in Iran would mean, I mean, or any, anywhere in the, in the world, rather than uh, referring it to particular kind of median or uh, any other kind of uh, aspects of this art. So contemporary art practices in Iran were inspired by artists' experiences of living in the present. So that the question of, uh, the main question for them became less matter of what canonical contemporary art is and more of one of which kind of art or which kinds of art might uh, characterize that condition, contemporary in that context. So uh, the works of uh, some of these artists gained uh, much of their characteristics from an engagement with the demands of this uh, presentness, contemporaneity. Oh, and so within that contemporaneity, the artists sought to identify with and uh, represent what is to live in that contemporary moment. Several artists from the younger generations began to turn away from searching for the concept of contemporaneity in time uh, or age, instead dealing with it by representing their own world through self-presentation, self-criticism, even if those issues have already been discussed and resolved elsewhere. So the best works of this kind were, however, contemporary art not because of their use of new media, but because they were about one of the most crucial personal, social, and political needs of it. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I really admire what uh, you, you did in relation of uh, relating the question of contemporary art in relation to the question of uh, contemporaneity and how the artist uh, responded to that. Because I think to some extent, it's related to this, Perhaps I would say a problem in the field because uh, there is there is perhaps a confusion or maybe there is also about this how the uh, discipline and the market works in relation to of contemporary Iranian artists and how this field is perceived and also represented. Uh, most of the time, if if you look at the publications and exhibitions and Iranian contemporary art, you see uh, the work of uh, uh, mostly known Iranian diaspora artists. Uh, uh, and this is, I think, to some extent, is at the expense uh, of uh, 
uh, some other artists, specifically in Iran, dealing to this uh, very much important question about this question of contemporaneity in relation to the context and inside. And I think th this is a really perhaps a good way to try to uh, tackle with these issues about this representation uh, uh, and what's contemporary art, actually Iranian contemporary art is, uh, which to me is still, you know, um, negotiated, uh, perhaps. Uh, when you see like the sources in Farsi, uh, the, the set of questions and the problem that artists dealing is kind of like overlapping, but also to some extent different than um, the diaspora artists. And it's uh, it makes sense. It's context, right? The artist dealing, right, with their uh, surroundings, the context, and you know the conditions uh, of their artistic productions. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was a great, very uh, good way to to try to think um, some of these uh, issues and problems. What do you think about this real representation? Sure, and that's a very good point, actually, very valid. I mean, throughout the chapters, especially in this third section. Uh, discussed uh, uh, issues uh, such as exoticism and also uh, the representation of Iranian artists outside Iran, and both diasporic artists and also Iranians who are living inside, but you know, their works uh, are represented outside Iran. I mean, there are very challenging or many challenging issues that these artists are facing. I mean, it's one is the restrictions within the country and descriptive uh, sort of uh, formulation of identity and expectation. And from the other side, as you mentioned, market uh, standards and values that would expect artists to follow particular kind of rare field uh, patterns. So, and at the same time, this is the problem of uh, how these arts would be perceived outside uh, their context. In uh, chapter eight, I talk about exhibiting essentialism, exoticism, and its attendant uniformity. So it's not all about artists, it's about the system uh, that would govern art. So, um, Sometimes artists would comply with this system, sometimes they would not. So in this chapter, I talk about, uh, I mean, critical accounts of the subject of the politics of identity and issues of reception and the politics of representation in, in the international, mainly Euro-American exhibition system. Uh, I draw um, on... Said's study of Orientalism and also Mitchell's exhibition in order and examine works of contemporary artists from Iran in relation to the stereotypes deployed by Orientalist and New Orientalist practices through this, uh, um, you know, exhibition system. I argue that the main objective of the majority of these events, if not all, is to frame a centralized cultural view of and a fixed image of ethnicity uh, that uh, tends to reduce the works of artists to a geopolitical and uh, ethnic concepts. So the problem is directly related to the politics of visuality, since it is 
the exhibition system that determines standards and visibility. And so who is supposed to be visible, who is not. Uh, I also address the problematic of uh, constructed identity that is uh, generated by external definitions. Uh, so a kind of package that is called identity or with those kinds of particular implications. I uh, argue that while these uh, reductive framing devices do offer useful marketing tools for Iranian artists, they also have uh, the effect on uh, an effect of blaring the complexities of each individual's art practices. Uh, so is, this also leads us to the conclusion that the uh, global exhibition system reflects an interpretation of cultural differences that is excessively uh, merchandisable and consisting, consistently uh, identifies art objects' superficial characteristics rather than its deeper truth, since artists are implicitly uh, expected to conform to the generic trends that are associated with ethno-political art with little regard to their status as independent entity. Um, so the mere fact of their visibility does nothing to counter the bases that are inherent in the hierarchical system. So the approaches of these artists complying with the system, whether diasporic or artists who are living inside, uh, are described as self-exoticization or self-orientalization. These critical terms usually uh, refer to the situation in which uh, an artist deliberately exposes exotic markers uh, to feed the cultural commodification, something that merely confirmed those stereotyped perceptions of contemporary Iranian art, which is a problematic term. Uh, so, I mean, this is an essentialist uh, kind of uh, idea. And exploring these themes in art uh, would be a strategy whose uh, parameters are at least uh, clear to win recognition internationally, although not necessarily domestically. Uh, examples of a nostalgic aesthetic approach towards local and national imageries are not hard to find in these works. I uh, then talk about the strategies of artists, both uh, residents and those uh, aspiring artists who differently, I mean, somehow with two different approaches, react to the standardization and essentialization of uh, the value system embraced by the Western museums and galleries. Some of them um, are uh, challenging the notion of authenticity. And uh, so uh, through their works, and these critical artists and for their work to become a source of historical and social subjects and commentaries, often based on the personal experiences and explorations of uh, the artists themselves. So artists deliberately negotiate, criticize, and uh, deconstruct otherness by highlighting self-criticism, reinscriptions of the past. 
and social and political engagement. However, his works move beyond the stereotypical sources and critique the narrowly ethnocentric view that uh, projects suit us. I also um, borrowed the term uh, strategic exoticism from uh, Graham Hogan, uh, who talks about uh, strategic exoticism as a kind of uh, strategic reaction uh, against that kind of stereotypation. So he says that this is a strategy that works from within exoticism's uh, code of representation, either managing to subvert those codes or succeeding in redeploying it for the purposes of uncovering differential relations of power. So, for example, in the last chapter, I mean, humorous art practices, strategic response to stereotyping or stereotyping, I concentrate on strategies deployed by artists, Iranian artists, living either in or outside the country against those forces, particularly through the language of humor, irony. I talk about um, these examples and how uh, these artists deploying irony uh, by addressing uh, contradictions by a humorous subvention of cultural expectations and standardization. And also, um, I talk about uh, the fact that Art, in these cases, acts as agency, criticizing the status quo and self-exoticization for categories constructed only on foreign values or formulation of um, identity by even domestic authorities. So by um, resisting the uh, agendas that are in charge of the reinforcement of objectification and exoticism, uh, these artists acknowledge their awareness of the subject positions, uh, although uh, self-conscious use of exoticism thinks this is something that is a sad uh, statement, but uh, and methods of cultural representation can be considered a response uh, to the phenomenon of post-colonial otherness, it is not necessarily a way out of the dialogue. So they can't control, uh, these artists cannot control uh, what will happen in this system, even if they try to somehow challenge it through this uh, kind of uh, anti-exoticism or even strategic exoticism. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't agree more about what you mentioned, right? About this problem about reception of Iranian uh, contemporary uh, art. Um, perhaps we should say contemporary art from Iran rather than Iranian contemporary art uh, uh, is exactly these systematic, right, uh, problems very much uh, shapes the way in which uh, the the, the art from the region uh, being displayed, represented, and exactly in, in terms of, uh, you know, what's more convenient and also makes more money. Uh, that's how the commodification uh, and the markets uh, 
Yeah, that's that was uh, great, and uh, the the examples in the books are really interesting, and you mentioned um, uh, definitely interesting to look at uh, for the listeners um, to uh, the chapters. That's a, a part three, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, um, I want to uh, thank you for taking your time um, coming on the show, Hami. Thank you very much. Thank you very much uh, for having me. Thank you.